0: G'day guys, it's Gordon here. Just before we get stuck into the funnels preview for week one, a little bit of housekeeping. Today's episode is just a preview episode. If you're looking for our coveted and trademarked or what are the odds report cards for all the teams that missed funnels in 2020, they will be released on Sunday morning. So stay tuned in your podcast players for those. Also, Footy Live's AFL funnels coverage is brought to you by British Paints Four Seasons and FOMU. What is FOMU? The fear of mucking up. Do you suffer from FOMU? Then fight your fear of mucking up with British Paints. Whether you're handy around the house or have never painted an exterior in your life, you can feel confident with British Paints for seasons. It goes on easily and is designed to last and last, helping you to protect your home against sun, rain, wind and mould. That's why it comes with a 25-year guarantee. So fight the FOMU and get started with British Paints today. And now on with the funnels preview. We did it, ladies and gents. We bloody did it. COVID threatened to take away footy and our freedoms, but instead Melbourne's one week closer to freedom and football funnels for 2020 are here and with me to celebrate and then break down all the nitty gritty that is funnels football is Mr. Funnels himself, the bustling big Brian Randell. How are you doing, mate? How's the coach on this stormy night in Elstonwick?
1: Bustling and big. Oh, I don't know how I take that these days. Big as
0: an energy, mate. You have big man energy. Doesn't matter how sling <laughs> you get, you'll always have big man energy.
1: Just uh, completed my Connor's Run month as well. Did me 100Ks in the month. Did two half marathons in the last week. And uh, uh, get on that. If you don't know about it, it's a good cause. So if you can go on to Connor's Run and uh, I'll give it a quick plug and give me a quick little sponsor, that'd be good. Um, You feel good. It's, you know, wet and windy and yuck at the moment, which is strange because it's actually been not too bad the last few days. But, um, yeah, looking forward to footy being back this weekend. It was a long week without it. Uh, Watched a lot of Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime. Clicked on the Tottenham Hotspur uh, doco on uh, Amazon Prime, which has been pretty good. Uh, A lot of tests. I've enjoyed it. So, uh, and, yeah, just trying to not punt and um, back at work as well, which is good, so. All happening at the moment. It's
0: all coming up, Baz. <music> Enough pontification. On to the predictions. funnels. week one. It's real football now with real tips, real analysis, and real best bets. The first game is tomorrow night, Thursday, 7.40. Port Adelaide are $1. seventy-one Favorites against Geelong. $2.15. Outsiders, they're playing at the Adelaide Oval. The line here is four and a half points. The over-under is one fifteen. Baz, Geelong... Belted power. They belted them six weeks ago at Metricon Stadium, but this game is in Adelaide. Therefore, does that form stack up in week one of the finals?
1: And I reckon the the Cats got them at a perfect time after Port Adelaide flogged Richmond the week before and probably on a bit of a down after the high. And it was a very physical, um, full on game as well against Richmond. I think it was a short turnaround as well. So, uh, like, yes, it was a good win by. By Geelong, don't get me wrong, but I reckon people look too much into that. Is this this game, the fallout from this game is absolutely huge. Everyone was already talking about the Cats' record, and, and obviously Scott addressed it as well in his, in his uh, weekly presser. Port have not been, they're on top of the ladder and not been spoken about all year. They're being ignored for Richmond and Geelong to a certain degree. Yeah, they're minor
0: premiers and they're fourth favourite for the flag. They Are being disrespected, they're not being ignored, they're being disrespected
1: for the reason that this they're, they're they've shown up all year, every year they show up and do the same thing, so no one can trust them. Mm. But they've gotten this far, so when do we start trusting them? Do we start trusting them if they win tomorrow night? Well, I think the port win at home, I think their forward half game, the way they play with that quick ball movement, they would have learnt so much from when they played Geelong last game. You know, they, they showed a fair bit of down ground vision on the couch and the night about some of the uh, players positioning when they were defending. That, they won't stuff that up again. And it's a different game as well in finals. As you know, it becomes a lot more contested. Geelong won't be able to leave Patrick Dangerfield up forward with Portelaide's midfield in a in a final. It's a big body midfield. It wins the contested ball and it has enough on the outside damage to hurt you. And like I said, I think they were number one in the comp for scoring from clearances um, and stoppages. So that's 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 why Paddy Danielsfield can't play forward. And he needs to be in that midfield at full time. And I just think that going forward as well, if Paul can be smarter with their ball use, and I know there's not a lot of uh, free-flowing footy in finals footy, but they can be a bit smarter, lower their eyes. They, they can really do some damage to that Geelong defence. And I think we saw that the last few games as well where teams kind of played Geelong a bit differently and they were able to sc- score and, and make the games a lot closer than probably they should have been if you had played played in probably five or six weeks before that. So I'm all aboard the port train, Boak, Wines. And I reckon Taylor Marshall's in for a big one as well.
0: I'm very, very clouded on this game because nothing stacks up. So historically, Geelong have beaten Port Adelaide 15 of the last 17 times. But as we said, they don't like buys and they don't like the first week of finals. So they're 1-8 Geelong off a finals buy or any buy whatsoever. And we all know their week one finals record. You mentioned there the contested football bit, and that's the bit I'm concerned about because everyone sees Port Adelaide as the running gun from contested football, but Geelong is the number one contested side in the competition. They average plus 10 contested footy, which is first in the AFL. So I don't know where to go from this. Against top eight sides, they both have the same record. They're four and three. So is it just ports at home, go with port? I think that's where, that's where I'm leaning. But again, it's the untrustworthiness of Port Adelaide because they haven't been there before versus the why would you think they will change Geelong because they do this every year. They get to week one. They shit the bed. They win week two. They get pants in week three. So I think Port for mine as well.
1: You got to start here that in the last four rounds the Cats have considered twelve marks per game inside their defensive fifty. Well, what does Port have that the game? The Big games Charlie play? Dixon. You have got Charlie Dixon, Taylor Marshall, and blokes like Ebert, Robbie Gray, and stuff like that. You can also take overhead marks and Laddams, who uh, he will be, Kenny Hinkley will be talking to him this week, saying you owe me. And Laddams will want to perform. And I think I've been strong on it all year. The messaging, so every week before a game, you have like a theme for that game. Mm-hmm. They've got a theme for the year and they've followed it all the way. And even to this week where they've continued with their talking, not so much arrogant talking, but saying that they're pumped up, they want to prove people wrong, they want to get this game happening because they want to just show what they're about. That's that's what they've been doing all year. So I, I, I just reckon they are just gone another this is another week for them. They're at home, it's going to be pumping at Adelaide Oval. And I just really think that they're going to be too good for Geelong.
0: I'm in agreeance say as well. And I can't see the Cats having as easy as they did in their round 12 fixture. <music> Friday night, the big one, Baz. This is the most anticipated game in our group chat at the very least. 7.50 Brisbane, $2.10 home dogs in a final. Home Dogs, unbelievable. Richmond, $1.72 favourites at the Gabba. Line here, three and a half. The over-under, 118. There's history here, Baz. Obviously, everyone's been talking about history all week. Round 10, Richmond extended their streak against Brisbane to 15 wins. I don't think they've lost at the Gabba to the Lions in the last, you know, millennium. How does that change this week?
1: Well, I think – so that – that I understand that stat, but – It's
0: pretty easy to understand, Baz.
1: Richmond when, well, Brisbane beats Brisbane in Brisbane. Those, uh, games, the 15 as well. They weren't weak one oh. of the finals
0: last year. They weren't this year in round 10.
1: Yeah, well, let me get to that. So all year I've been stating, and the the stats back me up. Mm-hmm. You're one of the easiest teams to score against once it's inside your your back 50. Yeah. You lose stoppages and clearances.
0: We do. That's
1: true. Um, you haven't been as effective going forward as you have been previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, now this week you don't have Lynch as well. You're bringing back players that haven't really played a lot of footy this year um, at all um, In a, for a big final against a team that in the last two games they've had against you have had 25 or more scoring shots. They're ranked number two, from scoring, from stoppages, and they're one of the better clearance midfield teams in the game. They are they're the high, they were the high, I think they still are, the highest scoring team in the game and they can't kick straight.
0: Yep, it's true.
1: If in the first five minutes, which I can see happening, which didn't happen the previous two times, last two times I've met you, where they've had the ball and dominated the first five or 10 minutes and not made it count on the scoreboard, and they actually are able to put scoreboard pressure on you. This game will be very, very quickly over. Not only for the fact that Brisbane will get the belief and the momentum, Richmond will then go shit. We need to change something here. A bit like what you did against Port LA when they were uh, beating you pretty comprehensive, but went out to put it on the scoreboard early this year. And that again means that Brisbane can have another step foot for, or another foot on your throat to, to knock to beating you. And I just reckon that that is where that they're going to knock you over. And if, as long as they keep getting the footy into Richards, um, Lockie Neal, Zorko, those sorts of blokes' hands, going forward, and blokes take take that opportunity when it's inside their Ford Fifty Cameron's been quiet, so I expect him to have a big one. I, rec- I reckon he'll be pushed up the ground a bit further. Hipwood, McStay. Um, I'm looking for a big game from Cam Rayner as well. I just and Andrews is meant to be back, whether he plays them, I'm not sure. Obviously, Dusty's going to do what Dusty does, and you have your players do what your players do. Right? I just think that all over the ground, player for player, I know you've got your style, you've got your method, but it hasn't been – I don't reckon it's been as good as everyone's talked about to be this year. And the stats, again, have shown you drop-off from the last two years or even three years this year. And I know people can say it's 17-game um, season, blah, 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 but there has been a drop-off. And I just believe that Brisbane are a better side than you. The hype is all over Richmond. They are, yeah, it's unbelievable the hype. And I just reckon Brisbane will come out and, and knock you off.
0: Uh, and that's, they're all, they're all very true stats. They're all very, very true stats. But here are some other true stats, Baz, and they relate to Richmond. Since the start of Richmond's premiership run, they've been 7-1 in finals with an average winning margin of 46 points. Every victory has been by at least 19 points. They haven't lost to Brisbane in 15 games. Everyone says that Richmond's system is broken, yet no one seems to be able to beat it when it matters in the last three years except for one team, and that team was Collingwood. Richmond's chaos-style progression from back half to front half is custom-built to break down sides like Brisbane. If you press up forward, they go chaos, they get over the top, then they get free shots at goal. They don't need many looks at it either. They don't need many looks at goal to, to make it count, and that's why they've beaten Brisbane the last couple of times, even though the scoring shots have been against them. And furthermore, the defensive system makes you take hard shots, so you have to kick out of your skin to basically beat Richmond, which is what Brisbane doesn't do, because despite being the leading team for scoring shots in the AFL, they have the worst conversion, and they seem to lose the games based on conversion against those top four sides. It did. They did it against Geelong. They did it against Richmond in those two games this year. You you can say that Richmond's on the decline, but there is nothing to say that Brisbane can beat Richmond because if Richmond's on the decline, then why did they beat them by 41 points earlier this year? The cool. things don't stack up. They don't stack up. There is no reason to bet against Richmond in this game because right. there is no home game advantage. Like Brisbane, Richmond plays the Gabba better than Brisbane plays the Gabba.
1: Huh?
0: Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to convince you. You've gone with Brisbane. You gave some very sound and reasonable – Statistical analysis there. I'm just parlaying you now with some sound statistical analysis as well. And uh, we'll see who's right on Saturday.
1: Yeah, well, there's going to be some shit flying around, isn't
0: there? <laughs> 100%. Uh, <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> Now onto some more tricky games, in my opinion, because I think those two are style make fights games, those two are against teams you can trust. Those are the premiership contenders, those four teams. Sade Arvo is against the undercard now. St Kilda, $2.15. Outsiders against the Bulldogs, who are $1.71 favourites. At the Gabba, line here, four and a half. The over under, one twenty two. Very odd. Very odd in these games that, what is it? Six V seven and seven is favourite. Doesn't quite check out for mine.
1: I think because of the Saints' form in the, the year, and I think they got a bit nervous. Um, but the doggies—I'm a bit worried about the doggies with their injury concerns to Norton and Wallace. Like I know they're they're likely to play, but and I know there's no one tougher than Wallace, so I expect him to give his all. But will he be affected um, playing the role he plays with a, with a bit of a um, dodgy shoulder and Norton? Uh, Again, like getting a, a, a fractured cheek and only having, what, two two weeks off and having surgery on that, and that's your face. Like, I don't care who you are. Protecting your heads to be paramount, especially, you know, the style of football Norton plays is a high flyer. You know, he, he tries to, you know, jump on people's heads and stuff. So it means he's going to land and land awkwardly and he might get buffeted into a contest a bit as well. So I'm more confident in Wallace playing than Norton. But if Norton's out, then that's a massive problem. For Western Bulldogs, I mean, all year they've had trouble scoring. I, I surely um, when they've when they've been able to score, their midfield and, and back have been able to set up a lot of scoring opportunities. So surely St Kilda, you know, pretty good defensively. They'll be able to stop that. Um, they're also easy to score against the doggies because their backs do attack and press up pretty high. So again, St Kilda like to score at the back, and I think that's what they did pretty well when they played the doggies last time. So. I do worry about the Saints a little bit because I think Battle's out and uh, I think it's a big out for them kind of sort of thing. I think he plays a very good role up forward for them uh, supporting the likes of Memory and, and King and um, Marshall when he's sitting down there as well But or, or Ryder for that fact but I think the dual, the dual Ruckman and, and Marshall and Ryder will have a big say over English. The midfield's pretty on par. Obviously Bont's probably the standout but I think Jack Steele will go to him and try and they'll go head to head I think but and Jack Steele would probably try and hurt him going the other way a bit more because I don't think Bont's that great defensively. But when you're the Bont and you're Jack Steele, you don't really need to do a lot of defensively stuff, do you? So yeah. there's other um, other people in the team that do that stuff for you when you're that good. St Kilda made me nervous because they haven't been very convincing in the last few weeks and I needed to win that game to guarantee finals. But I'm probably going to go to Saints just because I just don't know how the doggies are faring fitness-wise after their last round game.
0: Also, I reckon you should go to the Saints because the doggies have only won one game against teams in the top eight this year. We've shown yep. this all this year. Doggies win games against teams they can easily beat when there's no pressure on the ball carrier. When people apply pressure, the doggies can't handle it. And it doesn't yeah, work. And surely St. is gonna be a capable of applying pressure to the Bulldogs.
1: It's a it's a handball game comes undone. I know it didn't in sixteen, but no one really saw it before. Mm. But if you if you can yeah put a lot of pressure on those ball carriers, not f- take out Cal- – what Freya did last week with Caleb Daniel was taking him out of the game, and you can see it had a massive effect on their their ball use coming out of the back line. Caleb Daniel had to go forward, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if Saints do something similar um, with Jaden Geary, which I think I think he did last time, but I think he might have done it on and, Um And, yeah, just trying to make them more accountable. I think Jaden Geary kicked a few goals last time, actually if my memory serves me correctly, because you've played that role. I'm I'm gonna go with the Saints, they're gonna bring the pressure, they're gonna be up for this game and get the job done. If, if if they are, then I can't believe that the odds are at, to be honest. I think people have fallen in love with the Western Bulldogs. again, the the messages that we get sold from them and I mean again, like I wouldn't be I would not be surprised if the doggies did win. Uh but either way, I don't think either of these two teams after this week, if they have a win, go any further than the week after but that's just my opinion.
0: Yep, and I'm very much in agreement with that. And at $2.15, I think the Saints are way overs and plenty of value, and value is hard to come by. Come finals. Because most of the time the bookies know where all the teams are at. And finally, a big game for you, Baz. West Coast, a dollar thirty-seven favourites. Short odd favorites against your team, Collingwood, three dollar outsiders, Baz, at Perth Stadium. The line here is two goals, the over-under one oh nine. It's the ninth time that these two teams will meet in finals, but who gets the last laugh? Baz, do you have any faith, any belief? Do you have just sound knowledge and hard facts to prove to me that Collingwood can beat West Coast in West Coast in twenty
1: twenty? West Coast are extremely overrated. They were flattered by the fact they were able to go home, and it just probably shows how much advantage teams like Brisbane, Gold Coast, uh, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, even though. Obviously, two, only two of those teams have really made, um, you know, taking full advantage of it. it shows how much advantage they had to be in their home state, being able to stay in their own beds and not have to hub off. Obviously, there's still a quarantine issue, like to quarantine and you know, be in isolation and do things a bit differently, but they still had their own bed and everything like that and their own little um, home hub, I suppose, instead of actually living off a golf course um, because when they haven't been at Perth Stadium they've been a completely different side west coast and, it, and it, I think that's why they're overrated but Collingwood had to hub for seven days in some pretty interesting uh, conditions they've had staff um, hubbing in or isolating sorry in camper vans at the back because they didn't have enough beds for the staff and everything that was <laughs> organised for them but in the Western Australian police wouldn't let players and staff share rooms which is all, uh, interesting as well Everyone is writing us off. Everyone. Uh, Karen Corns made some interesting comments as well. And I just reckon I always get the feeling with West Coast, in, we spoke about their injuries. West Coast have a lot of injuries. They're all coming back for this game. Going, taking players underdone in the finals is a big, big risk. It is. At least Collingwood is pretty much 100% fit with the players we're going in with. They all, they all would have played the last game of the year. We're going in with some sort of good form. Our disposal efficiency is up. I can't believe that's up, but anyway, it is. Uh, we've been a bit more successful with our forward line, especially when the goey came back and Cox has been playing, I reckon, pretty good footy the last couple of weeks. I, I, I just have this feeling we're going to win. I, no, I call love it. The, the buzz I gut.
0: love the, the Bazgut
1: bets. The
0: Bazgut bets are my favorite.
1: But I, just reckon, like, if I was thinking, like, if I was Bucks, I'd be just selling this like everyone's against us that whole, and look, it probably only works this week. And be, if they win, it'd probably be a bit, bit flat second up, but i just, this would be the, per, this is the perfect storyline, the perfect theme, everything. Um, and I'll just be selling it and using it and knowing how the Congo boys are with the whole mindfulness and stuff like that, it, that I reckon it would really, uh, Grab their attention and have that buying and belief as well. So, I'm I'm going for an upset, I reckon. And people gonna say I'm Collingwood bias because I've Collingwood and I've hated it on West Coast all year, and that's probably fair enough too. You can say that, but I'm genuinely believe Collingwood will win on the weekend, and happy to be. Uh, to, if if we don't, we get spanked. Well, that's fine. I'll cop that, and I'll say yeah, I stuffed up, and I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I'm backing us in.
0: I'm seeing an opportunity to back in Collingwood as well. I think Collingwood is nothing if not a well-coached side. Often you don't execute, and I think this year there's been issues around that. If you had, been an, ex- had an executing forward line, then this game still doesn't cop as much criticism as it, as it gets this year. So the two major red alerts I have for West Coast is they, they are ranked last for time spent in forward half. Every other successful team in 2020 has been a forward half team. They rely on transitioning ball from back to front. Collingwood is a side that can coach that. They can say, we just do not allow transition. That is easy to execute. So I see that being a possibility. And it's easy to execute because they do not handball. They're not a handball side at all. They basically ignore handballs. They ignore handballs to the same. They are not a run side. They're not running it from one end to the other. So you can just set up hard lockdowns, try and prevent that kicking game, and then there you go. That's kind of the key to beating West Coast is that under – Nineties marks basically is everyone. Everyone knows what it is. You just have to go out and execute. I think that's an easy message for Collingwood to sell.
1: Well, we know that they, like, we know that they set up a lot from through McGovern and, and Barras and the likes, intercept marking across half back. That's how they like to play, and they, they always bail out down the line. If you can, if you can stop their tours from marking the ball, it does come out very. Um, I, I've lost count how many times I've spoken about this, but they are one of the worst ground ball teams. Like. And Colin's been like, transitioning to footy pretty well. And our fourth half game isn't great, but we play def- definitely better than what West Coast do. And I, was just, I know our forward line has been a struggle all year and kicking points has been a struggle all year. But if you go back to that first quarter against West Coast early in the year, I think we kicked five goals or four goals, six or something. We, we absolutely smashed them off the park in that first quarter. And that was when... Penalty was allowed out, and I don't know what else happened, but there was—I think we had a couple of injuries as well because we just went off the boil, and they kicked—they kicked a massive score, but only kicked like—I like seventeen goals, I I two or something stupid that day as well. And I, I just have a feeling Grundy's had a week off, and just you know, he's probably—he's copped it a fair bit, and everyone's torn up Nick. Nat. a bit like with Richmond, everyone's torn up Richmond, everyone's forgetting about Brisbane, and everyone's torn up West Coast and Nick Nat, and they forget about Collingwood a bit. And I think that plays in the underdogs' hands for mine, especially these days with the. Like I said, the whole themes and mindfulness sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm tipping Collingwood. And like I said, you can call me, bias, one-eyed, whatever. I don't care. Uh, you know me well enough to know I don't care anyway. So, um, go Pies.
0: I'm on the Pies chain, Baz. I'm on the Pies train. Three bucks. It's good value. And I love value. <laughs> Value, Baz. Everyone's favourite time is feature bets, our money-making tips for the first week of the funnels. And do you have our best bet, Baz?
1: Yeah, mate, I do. And uh, it is Brisbane to win. What's
0: it paying, Baz?
1: That's 2 10 mate.
0: Lovely. Mine's a bit more uh, in agreement with you here. St Kilda is my best bet at $2.15. What's your value bet here, Baz?
1: I reckon can have 20 or more touches. Uh, Rain is going to kick a goal for Brisbane, Butler's in a kick of golf for St Kilda and check's in a kick of golf for Collingwood. So you're looking at around, I think it's around five or six bucks for that uh, multi across all four games.
0: Lovely. I've got two value bets for you. They're both uh, same game multis and they're going to involve some of my favourite angles I've taken all year. So Port Adelaide to win the second quarter against Geelong. Port Adelaide are ranked first in second quarters. Geelong are ranked 10th. Port Adelaide lead at halftime if you win the second quarter usually up at half time. And Port Alley to win head-to-head is paying $2.80. And then Richmond versus Brisbane, Richmond to cover the three-and-a-half line. The unders to hit, that's under 118, which has hit five out of six times in Richmond games at the Gabba this year. And Dustin Martin, anytime goal scorer, roll that all together, remembering that Tom Lynch is out, so Dusty will have to kick goals. He's paying $4.50. Excellent value there. Let the Tiger train roll on. And any rough, rough action here, Baz? to keep us interested on Saturday or Friday or Thursday?
1: Yeah, well, you know, why not? All head-to-heads, all four games, Port, Brisbane, St Kilda, Collingwood. gets you uh, 23 bucks in a four-leg multi and you probably get a bit of a boost action on that and probably got close to $25. So um, there you go.
0: Well, if you had done me there, I had $10.75 as my rough, rough action, but you've well and truly had me, but mine's probably a bit more audacious. So... I'm with you, Baz. Collingwood win head-to-head. How did Collingwood win? We know this. They win the first quarter and the game goes under. Now, here's a fun fact, Baz. Since round 10, Mason Cox has recorded a total of 55 scoreboard impacts, ranked number one at Collingwood. He is your man. He is your man, Mason Cox. Big Coxie. If Big Coxie kicks a goal and you are all into a multi... That's Collingwood to win. Unders win the first quarter. Big Cox kicks a major, $10.75. And Baz will be drinking a nice Pinot Red uh, on the uh, Saturday
1: night. Tell you what, if Collingwood wins Saturday night, uh, it could be rowdy. So it should be.
0: So it should be. It's been (laughs) a long year and we all deserve some celebratory post-finals bevs. And uh, maybe in the not-too-distant future, they'll be able to happen in person.
1: We can only hope. I'm bloody, bloody hoping so. Bloody
0: hoping so as well. All right, there's our tips. But if we've missed anything, you can hit us up on Twitter. That is at W-A-T-O-S pod, what are the odds pod. And uh, if you've enjoyed today and we've given you some liberty, given you some insight, or maybe back to a winner, uh, hit us up with a five-star rating on the podcast player of your choice. And uh, until next week, go uh, get the talks.
1: <laughs> go Brisbane. <laughs>